Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the Gospel of John, and we've actually reached the end of the uh, the Lazarus account in John chapter 11. Uh, but we're not done with Lazarus yet, okay? So let's go to John chapter 12, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, because it, something happens here of which we are familiar. But uh, one of the uh, marvelous things about just taking your time and examining the Scripture in this context, for, interesting, for, uh, for example, just reading uh, an entire book. Okay, the book of John, just reading through it rather than just trying to pick out verses here, verses there, or events or accounts or things. One of the great things about that is you start to see some things, and some things will start striking you. The Spirit will start pointing some things out that are intriguing, that are very lifelike, shall we say. And there's a couple of things here I just want us to see today. So this is John chapter 12, verse 1. Jesus, therefore... Six days before the Passover. Well, why therefore? Okay, therefore. In other words, in light of everything that we've seen here, it's six days before the Passover, something happens. Now, in the previous episodes, I pointed out that in John chapter 11, at the end of the account of Lazarus, it says that Jesus no longer went publicly from place to place because he knew the Jews were really, really serious about killing him now. Okay? So he no longer did that. And so from uh, chapter 12 onward, we're going to find out this is basically the last week of Jesus's life. Okay, So now it's six days before the Passover. Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So you see that in the first verse of chapter 12. And that's just in case uh, you're starting to read right here. John said, this is the same Lazarus that Jesus has raised from the dead. So he comes to Bethany, the same Bethany where Lazarus lived. This is the same Lazarus that Jesus had raised from the dead. So what had Jesus done? He had raised Lazarus from the dead. Verse 2. So they made him supper there, and Martha was serving, but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. So here's the scene. Uh, Martha is serving. She's going about doing the things that she does, right? <clears throat> And then Lazarus is reclining with Jesus. He's just sitting there hanging out with Jesus. Verse 11. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So you hear you have Brother Lazarus who has been brought forth from the dead, reclining with Jesus. Here is Martha who's going about serving. Here is Mary, and she comes and anoints the feet of Jesus and wipes his feet with her hair and does it with very costly, very expensive perfume. Uh, now, there's all sorts of questions that arise from that. Well, how does she have the money to do this and do that and, and have these type of resources? We're not told. We're not told. There's various things of conjecture, which I think might actually be totally true, but we're simply not told. So I'm not going to worry about it right now, okay? We're just seeing what the scene is. So, again, Lazarus is reclining with Jesus. 
Mary is anointing Jesus' feet, wiping his feet with her hair. Martha is serving. Verse 4, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was intending to betray him. So you see right here that the intent is already there. Okay, The intent on Judas Iscariot's part was already there. So Judas says this, verse 5. This is Judas's statement. Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Now, what I want us to see right here is just, just think about this for a moment. Judas Iscariot had been with Jesus this whole time. Judas has seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. <coughs> okay? You know, and I often wonder about that. Was there still the stench of death when that stone was rolled away and Lazarus came out? If you've ever been around dead bodies, you know what I mean, whether be they human or anything else. Judas had been one of those who had experienced this. And what we're seeing right here, folks, is really the heart and the reaction of, uh, of the betrayer, of those who are not true believers, of religionists especially. Because what are they going to do? They're going to see an example of just love poured out in abundance. The using of a pound of very costly spikenard of an expensive uh, ointment to anoint the feet of Jesus. A pound of this stuff, folks. Okay, A lot of it. To wipe his feet with her hair. And the whole house being filled with this fragrance of this. What's the reaction of this extravagant love that's being manifested right here? Why didn't we sell this right here for 300 denarii and give it to the poor? He's looking at the financial element of it. He's looking at the money of it. And he's saying it in such a way to where he thinks it's going to build him up and make him look great and wonderful. And, you know, to give it to the poor. We see it in churches, organization today. We see it in the political realm today. All we need to do this is for the children. It's for the children. It's for the poor. That's the reason we're doing this. Well, let me tell you, John was having nothing to do with it. Because look what he says in verse 6. Now, he said this, not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. <laughs> and he had the money box he used to pilfer what was put into it. We don't even have to offer any conjecture to it, do we? John tells us by the power of the Holy Spirit, point blank, what was going on. Judas wasn't sitting here having any concern about this. He was mad and irritated because he could have sold that for a lot of money. And if they'd sold that for a lot of money, it would have gone in the money box. And he was a thief and he could have pilfered from it. That's the bottom line reality of it. And folks, we see that type of pattern. We see that type of spirit so rampant within the professing body of Christ today. Now, let me read the last couple of verses. We'll probably come back and pick this up next time and continue it. But Jesus says something. In verse 7, it says this, Therefore, Jesus said, let her alone. Boy, don't you love that? ESV says, leave her alone. Jesus is looking right at Judas. And he tells him to leave her alone. Then he explains why. So that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Jesus was letting them know what the point and the purpose of this is. Why this is happening. 
why she's doing this. Now, did Mary know that this is what she was doing? Uh, likely not. Okay, But she was doing something that was prophetic, that was actually prophesied, that she was fulfilling, that was occurring right here. And, and Jesus says, that's the reason I'm allowing this. You leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. What she was doing was she was preparing him for burial. He's in the house of the one who he had just a few days before raised from the dead. And now he's sitting there speaking of himself. And he'd been telling the disciples this all along. I must needs go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be uh, handed over to the Jewish leadership. They're going to kill me and I'm going to die. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And he's looking at the one that's going to betray him. And he says, you leave her alone. You let her keep doing this because she's preparing my day of burial. Tell you what, there's some things for us to see right here. Uh, this is the first eight verses of John 12. Read this this evening uh, before you recline upon your nightbed and see what the Lord says to you. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.